We have a whole squad that can really hoop and get the job done. We got our way to win. It's simple for us. The first team ever in the 74-year history of the NBA to come back from being down 3-1 twice in the same playoffs. Nuggets down one into Murray. Here we go. Ten seconds. Murray to Jokic. Jokic. What's up, y'all? I'm back with another episode of the Chicken Nuggets podcast. Your host, Jenna Garcia. Follow me at Vida Viva Diva for all the inside scoops. You really want to be following me, especially since the Nuggets are headed to the second round of the playoffs. That's right. They won last night. I told y'all they were going to win. I mean, I did say they were going to win in four also, so I was wrong about that. But I was right the second time, you know? So, (laughs) I'm so glad that they won last night. We are coming with the hyped vibes this morning. Denver should be on fire this morning. Excited for the Nuggets. The Avs headed into their game five, and it could send them home. They're down in their series, so you definitely want to be checking out Denver sports right now. It's super exciting. We're going to talk about last night's game, what I liked, what I didn't like from the series. And of course, I have a little inside scoop for y'all, a little story from last night that nobody else is talking about. I'm the only one that's going to give you this scoop, so you're going to want to make sure you listen to all three segments. We'll definitely get into the Suns series that is ahead of the Nuggets coming up Saturday, Game 1. We won't get into too many of the details, but we will get into the schedule and what you guys can expect so you can start planning and, and get ready, because we're going to need y'all. The home court advantage is real here in Denver. It's not just the 5,280 feet. It is more than that now, because y'all showed up last night. You showed up all series, and the vibes are real here in Denver. So we're going to need that in this, this second round series. We're going to need that big time against this Suns team, a team that we've recently seen bump the Nuggets in the playoffs. So definitely gonna need them same energy from last night in the second round ohio ready for some quick mental health facts let's go nearly two million ohioans live with a mental health condition in the u.s more than 50 percent of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide so why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Like I said, the atmosphere last night was out of this world. Ball Arena was popping. The energy was really lit. Coach Malone joked after the game, you know, that the fans showed up a little bit late. It was raining here in Denver. Denver people are funny because, like, we're good at snow. We know what to do if it's snowing out, and we know what to do if it's not snowing out. But rain is like, what? What is this in-between thing? It's like another level. I feel like nobody has, like, you don't walk around, you know, with an umbrella for snow. So I don't really have an umbrella close to me. I showed up myself a little bit late uh, to the game, so... Not to the start of the game, just to pregame, but late for me. Um, And fans showed up a little bit late to this one. 
So Malone joked about that, and he said, you know what? His team showed up a little bit late, too. If you missed the first quarter of this game, you missed the perfect part of the game to miss because it was sloppy. The team looked like they were sleepwalking through the first quarter, and it didn't help that they weren't hitting shots. Michael Porter Jr., probably the, the biggest eyesore on the box score, just laying a goose egg. Zero uh, field goals made, zero points. Zero assists. He did pull down one rebound in that first quarter, but and he only played eight minutes of it, but that's still a big chunk of the first to not do very much uh, out on the floor. He missed three field goal attempts. Two of those were threes. And I think in the very first, the very first play of the game, actually, they ran to Michael. He was in the paint, and that was the other field goal that he missed in the paint right off the bat. And I think that the purpose of running the first play for Michael is to get him going early, right? So that Mike sees the ball go in the hoop because when he doesn't, it's hard to keep him engaged in the offense. We talked to him about this at shoot around before the game and he admitted it himself. It's not all on his teammates to get him the ball. It's also about him moving and remaining engaged as well. He ha holds some responsibility there. And I think you see that in that first quarter, he just really struggled to like do very much. He was a minus 10, but it wasn't good for anybody, any of the starters in that first quarter. Aaron Gordon, also a minus 10, which says a lot because he typically on the, the box plus minus will have a higher box plus minus than maybe the rest of the starters because of what he does on the defensive end. He won't like out box plus minus Jokic usually, but like... You know, he does a lot on the defensive end. He he contributes so much that his box plus minus kind of evens him out and usually gives you a better sense of what he did in the game because you don't always see it in points, rebounds, and assists like other players. Um, he went one for five in the first quarter. Nicola went one for five in the first quarter. KCP went one for two in the first quarter. Jamal was really the only guy who was getting buckets to fall and he wasn't taking very many he took three shots and he made two of them had four points ending the first quarter but he only played about nine minutes of that first and then he sat so that he could come stagger with the bench in the second quarter Bruce Brown comes in Christian Brown comes in Jeff Green you know Jeff laid a goose egg in that first quarter as well so not great minutes from Jeff Christian only played 45 seconds of the first he was more with that stagger with Jamal in the second so all around a bad first quarter for this team I mean give the Timberwolves some credit they did get better progressing through this series I should get and I'm speaking for myself to myself right because I've been the one like I wouldn't say mad disrespecting, but it's not so much. I don't find it disrespectful. I'm trying to say the truth of what I'm watching, and I don't think that team plays great basketball. Like I don't love the way that they play. I don't love the style of their players play, um, but I do think that this was by far their best game. Even though they lost it, they really came out and fought for every single quarter. They outpunched the Nuggets in the first quarter, showed up ready to win this game, and it really did look like they got a taste of what it, what and how to beat the Nuggets in game four. So they just went right back to that, right? When you have success with something, you can 
remember what we were doing and replicate that. And they did in this first quarter. They come out pretty strong. Obviously, there was going to be no um, Kyle Anderson in this game. He was poked in the eye uh, by, by actually, I'm pretty sure by Edwards. I think he, they think maybe that it was one of the Nuggets players, but it was, you could see the replay. Edwards poked him in the eye and um, it was like bleeding and it says left eye contusion, which usually means bruise. So his eye must be really bad. It was bleeding in game four. So um, yeah, bad first quarter for the Nuggets. Second quarter, Jamal really heats up with that second group. He um, is doing a lot of the heavy lifting, I would say, in the second quarter as far as the making baskets goes. Yes, uh, Nicola played some of the second quarter and he also contributed big time on the rebounds, on the assists, uh, where he does, right? When But he wasn't making shots like we're used to. In the second quarter, so in the first quarter, he was one for five. In the second quarter, he basically repeated one for five. So two for 10 at the half for Nicola. Not a great, um, not a great first half from him. Very rough. Not what we're used to seeing from him either. He did make a three- and that kind of gave you a little bit of hope. But this was a battle. They were going back and forth the entire time. I'm turning to Vinny Benedetto from the Gazette. And like, I can't believe saying we're, we're both looking at each other saying like, we can't believe that they're up right now. And they end up going into halftime up by one. But it was it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't a pretty first half. They they definitely woke up more in the second quarter, and Jamal came alive. 12 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists in the second alone. He really, I think, made not a name for himself. It's not like Jamal Murray's name hasn't been said or known. He made a name for himself in the bubble. But he really kind of squashed what I think were some of the doubters of people saying, like, could he be consistent across four quarters? Um, could he give them another 35-point game? He looked tired. People, I mean, I even thought the whole team looked tired in game four. And when you look at the box scores across the five games, they played better and won by a larger vic- a larger margin of victory the more t- days they were rested, right? On the days where they were rested, they had more success. Game one being prime example. They came into that game with several days of rest, and the Timberwolves were on no rest. So you saw them really take advantage of that. And on top of that, they're playing at altitude, where the Timberwolves are not used to. I will say Ant had an, a great second quarter. He really did the same thing Jamal did, which was putting his team on his back and carrying them. He got some help from Torian Prince, who was knocking down shots. Nikhil Alexander-Walker also had a very good game, not only on defense uh but he also showed up offensively he drained a couple of threes throughout this game he got one in the in the second quarter and then he comes back in the second half and gets a couple more but it really was just impressive to watch these two guards go back and forth at each other I know obviously Ant is younger than Jamal but it just felt like we were watching two young players kind of carry their teams and I really think that the league is just moving more and more towards younger guys. 
I think we'll see that in the next few years. And I can't even be mad about it. I've been wanting this for so long. We've been in like, like my entire lifetime has been dictated by LeBron for the most part. So like the league has been dictated by one player and he's old, right? That whole generation of players that are his age for the most part aren't playing anymore. Nobody's hooping like that anymore. And we're still like our son in this league and the whole league revolving around this guy who's pretty old. Like not like Dylan. I'm not saying I'm not Dylan Brooks. I'm not trying to be Dylan Brooks and disrespect the man. I'm just saying the league is trending younger. You see that in stars like Jamal Murray and Anthony Edwards, who Coach Malone said after the game, his future shines so, so bright. Um, He had a great series. He had a great game. I think more than anything, that team is led by Ant, and it's so obvious. Even though it's supposed to be Cat, right? Cat's supposed to be the franchise player. He's supposed to be the leader, and he's just not leading, I would say. I think it's because he complains too much. A little bit. I think it's because he complains too much. I know Nicola complains a lot, but he's also, he never like makes excuses post game. He never, uh, he is always willing to take accountability. He never blames anybody else. He always says like myself first. And, and those are kind of where I feel like, like Kat complains and he really believes it. He believes it's like, it's all the ref's fault and it's all somebody else's fault. There's even a couple plays last night where I'm like, I turned to Vinny and I was like, I know that they are struggling right now because the third quarter was a battle. These teams went back and forth with each other. Um, And and all that to say about Cat, you know, like, yeah, I don't think he's a great leader, but he did have a great game four. I'll give him credit there. He did show up for this game in all four quarters. A lot of the first four games, he really only showed up for three quarters, which is probably why they couldn't win. One more of the the games because you need your star players to show up for all four quarters um he did tonight or last night he did and he had a great game um the third quarter was intense it was very intense but there was a moment in the third when when cat is kind of like turning to his coach right chris finch he's in front of the the minnesota bench and he's turned to his coach and he's just um complaining or like yelling and he's got like his hands up like trying to understand they're trying to communicate and you can tell there's like some friction and um I just turned to Vinny and I said yeah I'm not worried about about the Nuggets because this team's gonna implode on their own like the Timberwolves have a little bit of of maturing to do as a team and this series probably helped them learn a lot and we'll, they'll come back better for it, you know? Um, but I do think they they played a better game in Game 5, despite the fact that they lost, than they even did in Game 4. Game 4 felt more like it was about what the Nuggets didn't do. Didn't feel like the Timberwolves did anything incredible. Uh, it felt like the Nuggets were tired. It felt like Nicola was sore. I think his wrist is probably hurting him. This series was very aggressive. He took a lot of hits and spent a lot of time on the ground, to be honest. A lot more time than I would say is is, um, appropriate for the MVP, for the two-time MVP to be spending 
on the ground in a first round series against a team who's an eight seed. Like the refs need to get their head screwed on straight. Like for real, come on. If anyone's going to get the the whistle in their favor, it should be the two-time MVP. Period. Period. But that's all I'll say about the refs, because whew, I could do a whole pod on, on them. They I don't understand how they can be paid for doing such a poor job. Joker had a big third quarter too, four assists, ten points. But at the end of the third, this game is tied up 77-77. If you believe in angel numbers, it's a good thing. And the Nuggets were able to lock it down in the fourth quarter, shut down really more than anything Ant. Ant only had two buckets in the fourth quarter, which was shocking just because of how clutch he had been. I think he ran out of gas. He really, more than anything, the reason I think he ran out of gas, he went 0 for 6 from 3, where he had been pretty clutch the past several games for them from three in in the fourth quarter. So they really did get, were able to shut him down. Anthony uh, Edwards still is a phenomenal player and still had a phenomenal series. He still pulled down several rebounds, two rebounds, and he also put up, geez, four assists in the third, in the fourth quarter. So he still was a huge part of the fourth quarter for this team and finishes with 29 points he was a box plus minus zero even. Um, the only box plus minus that was a positive for, actually there were two, Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Mike Conley. Oh no, and Rudy Gobert was a plus two. <sighs> um, Nikhil was a plus 10. And that just shows just what a name he made for himself. His stock was skyrocketing has skyrocketed from this series. Great defender, definitely getting respect around the league for how well he defended Jamal Murray. Obviously, Jamal's still eight. Like, we can say great defender. We can say box score plus 10, which is actually the highest box score number for anyone. The second highest would be MPJ with a plus nine. So, big deal that he's the... Best plus minus on the, on the box for either team, and Jamal still ate. Right, Jamal still found a way to eat. So yes, they're not the greatest defending team. Yes, I think the Nuggets could have had a better team to help them prepare for this second round series. And I'm glad they wrapped it up in five, so they'll get the same amount of rest as the Suns get. Suns also wrapped up their series last night against the Clippers. Um. So they will also be resting the same amount of days until they see the Nuggets on Saturday. Here in Denver, because the Nuggets have home court advantage. Let's just all remember, despite the fact that the Suns are favored in most sports books right now, it's the Nuggets who are the ones seed. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
A couple of notes about the atmosphere from last night's game before we talk about the things I think they could have done better throughout the series and the things I thought they did great at throughout the series. Um, the atmosphere was amazing, you guys. This, the fans showed up big time. I only could see, and I try to scour the crowd, uh, I'll even look for people who are just cheering. They don't necessarily have to be wearing Timberwolves gear, but I try to figure out like how many Timberwolves fans or opponent you know, fans of the other team do we have in the arena every single game? Because during the regular season, Denver is a, a commuter city. A lot of people move here. There are a lot of people from other cities. So, of course, fan bases travel well here. Um, I could only count three Timberwolves fans in the stands. Obviously, I can't see really up to like the 300 levels. Maybe there were more up there. But in the 100s, I only, and like, those are the ones that you can really hear, I feel like. Yeah, only three. There were two guys sitting right by me, and they were not wearing Timberwolves gear. And then there was one Timberwolves fan sitting behind their bench that was really yelling loud. I'm sure, that, sure there were more than that, but I would say, like, it had to be, like, 1% of the people in that building were Timberwolves fans, which is huge. Not something you see in every series. I'm sure there will be more Suns fans for Sun, the Suns series, <laughs> For a couple reasons. The Suns have been more successful in recent years and um, they are closer to Denver. And a lot of people move here from Phoenix, from Arizona to Denver. So get a little bit too hot in Phoenix or in Arizona and you come to Denver and you get that same kind of heat in the summer, but not as hot. As, you know, you get winter heat, Arizona winters in Denver summer. So it's a little bit more easier to handle, right? There was one um, chant that had me dying laughing last night. Like, I was rolling. It was hilarious. Um, Rudy Gobert goes to the free throw line in the first quarter, and the entire section behind um, the basket starts chanting super spreader. That was hilarious. I love the trolling, guys. Keep it up. We are going to need it in the second round, so start doing some research, okay? Um, and then... After the game, you know, I have heard Ball Arena be louder. I will say that. I've heard it get louder, but there were moments where it got really loud and where the fans were really together cheering. A lot of times, like, the cheers are a little bit off. Like, one section, half of it, half of the arena is cheering in unison, and then there's, like, a couple sections that are off. Yeah, that's the usual. Not last night. Last night, the cheers were all in unison. It was getting loud for sure. I have heard it louder, though, and we're going to need it to get a little louder for, for round two, right? It's okay. We didn't need it full strength last night against this team, but we will against the Suns. Um, it was definitely frustrating enough of an atmosphere. There were boos at every single free throw. There was Rudy, you suck chance for a while which I'm like why is Rudy getting the brunt of this cat's the worst cat's the guy who sucks more but um it was frustrating enough that Anthony Edwards after the game did throw a chair yeah he did get upset he threw a chair uh I believe the the security guard that was hit by that chair's pressing charges so I did see that there was enough frustration in the loss for Ant, at least. And, and that makes sense to me in one way. Because really, like, the, the Timberwolves are crazy to think if they thought they were ever going to get 
like win this series, right? They had to be a little bit crazy. They were shooting for the stars on that one. The fact that they maybe they thought they could win more games, and that could be disappointing. But Anthony Edwards deserves to be in the playoffs. This is a playoff player. This is a superstar. And I hope he doesn't spend too much time in Minnesota because it's going to be a lot of chair throwing, <laughs> chair tossing, frustration. Because I don't really believe in Minnesota. I don't think they're a team that can actually win in the postseason. Not as constructed now. Not as really a franchise. I know A-Rod thinks it so. So maybe he can make it happen. But I don't know any players who want to go to Minnesota. Like, What superstar wants to go to Minnesota? And then you got you to gotta hang out with Kat. Who might be the most insecure human I've ever encountered. Like I heard the voice changes, y'all. I heard him doing this. He did this during um, their shoot around yesterday. He was like separate. Everybody else was doing this like shooting contest and they were like betting money on who could make the first half court shot. I didn't see anyone make one, by the way. Everyone got one shot. I didn't see anyone make one. Cat was, while everyone else is doing that, he's over on the other basket like shooting because like all the media people are on that side of the on that side of the stadium recording and he's like shooting and he was yelling out certain things I don't even remember what he's saying but like at one point his voice just like it almost sounds like it's like a teenager's voice like it's fluctuating because his voice is cracking or something but it's not obviously I don't know but I just hope Ant gets out of there (laughs) ASAP gets out ASAP a couple things I thought they did really well in this series um the rebounds. They were very aggressive on rebounds. They made sure that they rebounded the ball. Coach Malone loves to say when they rebound, when they win the rebounding battle, they win the game. And it's mostly true. It is really quite accurate. Their rebounds um, went down. Can you imagine that? Game after game. 54 total rebounds um, in the first game. 36 in the second game, 40 in the third game, 47 in game four, and 47 in game five. They definitely did a good job there, and just being aggressive overall. They really came out and were aggressive with this team. It was a pretty physical team. I don't think that they're going to have to be as physical with the Suns. Um, I think it's going to be a much tougher matchup for the guards, and... I think it, not I think, I mean, Joker eats in the paint against the Suns, right? Like, Aiton does a pretty good job on him, if anyone guards Joker well. DeAndre Aiton has done a great job in past series, but Joker can definitely get still get his buckets, and um, I think this second round will be a little bit opposite of what the what Minnesota was, right? Minnesota, you got Twin Towers in the paint, where with... The Suns, it's more about the guards. The guards are where they have kind of their plan of attack. They're more aggressive players. They played much better when they were rested, which will be good for this second round series. It looks like there's going to be four days between game two and game three. So that will be good. They can potentially win all three of those first first three games just like they did in this series. Although... This could be a matchup that goes back and forth, right? Everyone who's at home wins, so two for Denver, two for 
Phoenix, one for Denver, one for Phoenix, all the way to Game 7. I could see that happening for sure. Some things I thought they could do better. During the regular season, they their team high of made three-pointers was 20. They had 18 once, 20 once, and then you get to 17 threes. That happened several times throughout the season. 16 threes, 15 threes. Those happened several times throughout the season. In game one, they made 16 threes. And then it went down after that. Their three-point percentage dwindled. So they shoot better when they're rested. That's great for the second round series. Hopefully they will shoot just as well. But it does feel like the minimum for a victory, the minimum amount of threes they have to make for the game to feel easily in their hands. And I could, I, it's crazy because I'm looking at the box scores, right? They, sh- they made 12 threes in game four and they made 12 threes in game five. They made 13 in game three. And I swear, had the Nuggets made one more three last in last night's game, if Michael Porter had made one more three, it would have felt like they had a little bit more distance in that win. It really would have. It really would have made a difference. Now, imagine had they made a couple more. That would have made a huge difference. Instead, that game was kind of close throughout the entire se- the entire night. So uh, I do think they need to do a little bit better job of of making their threes right, and that's getting space, taking the shot. I think MPJ went 0 for 5 in the first three. Um, yeah, 0 for 5 from 3 in the first three quarters because by the time he got to the third quarter and wasn't making threes, he was hesitant. He was hesitant to shoot, and that may- throws off your shooting form. It throws off your rhythm, you know, so that also affected him. And the other thing I think this team will need to work on for the second round series is when they are missing shots, when their offense isn't going the way they want, they need to pull down offensive rebounds. They need to give themselves a chance. In last night's game, you saw Nikola Jokic do something that he almost never does, which was quote-unquote struggle. Aaron Gordon would protest to that word because Nikola had a triple-double last night. What are we talking about? But we don't often see him go 8 for 29. He had 8 for 29 by the end of the the game. A lot of those came in the fourth quarter. In the third, he only had, he was 6 for 20. We don't typically even see him put up 29 baskets because he doesn't need to. He's more efficient than that. He can go 10 of 12 from the field and that's all he needs to shoot for the night. But not last night. He had to shoot a lot more. And when your offense runs through the most efficient guy on the court and all of a sudden he's not as efficient, it throws things off. They definitely needed to pull down more offensive rebounds. Nikola pulled down nine by himself, and obviously he's in the paint a lot more, but looking at like Jeff Green, he only pulled down one. It was a very important one in the fourth quarter, and... It definitely made a difference, but imagine if he pulled down like two or three of those important offensive rebounds, right? Where would the team be then? Two or three extra chances to get MPJ, you know, a three or to get Jamal the ball or to get Nikola the ball again. Um, Aaron Gordon only pulled down two all game and Michael Porter 
typically gets most of his rebounds on the defensive end. Pulled down 10 total. Pulled down one offensive rebound in last night's game. But I do think when they're not shooting well, which I guess typically doesn't happen, right? (laughs) Maybe that's why it stands out. But when they're not shooting well, they got to be attacking the offensive glass because they need those second chance opportunities. This Suns team is going to shoot well, right? And it only really matters when the other team is actually making their shots because Minnesota, we saw in, for example, game two and game three, the Nuggets only had nine offensive rebounds as a team and five in game three. They were still able to win those games because Minnesota really wasn't hitting their shots and shooting well enough. But the Nuggets were shooting so well and making their shots, they didn't need to pull down that many offensive rebounds. Where last night's game, the Nuggets pulled down 16 offensive rebounds and Minnesota only pulled down 8 because the Nuggets needed to pull down 16 offensive rebounds. They weren't making their shots. Minnesota was making their shots. Right? And that's where that game was close. So really, offensive rebounds aren't dictated by what the other team is doing. It's dictated by what is your team doing. If your team's not making shots, if everybody's not shooting well, you've got to be crashing the glass and giving yourself a second opportunity. All that to be to say, like, let's be excited. You know, I mean, yes, the Nuggets have won the, a first-round series. Yeah, not last year. They were bounced in the first round, but the year before that, and the year before that, and the year before that, So we've been here before. It's no big deal. We've made it to the second round. But the last time we faced the Suns in the second round, we got bounced. So let's get excited for this second round series. We are going to be back with another episode of the Chicken Nuggets podcast before game one to preview just what this team needs to do to prepare for the Suns. Probably the most exciting matchup of the Western Conference, I'd say. This is gonna be like a finals matchup, guys. You're gonna wanna tune in. Make sure you follow at VWBadiva everywhere, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Just depends on how you like to receive your inside scoop, but I'm bringing it to you on all of those platforms. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.